Welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that will never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday! Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Sign up for an annual subscription and save 33%. An annual subscription? When exactly did we start uh, offering those? And where? I'm a little confused. Uh, whatever, it's been a year. We, we can offer annual something it's oh, still okay. free so it's like the <laughs> yearly special on the annual subscription <laughs> yep oh okay but as as usual please don't try and send us money because that'd be creepy um would it i mean kind of maybe. well if they, yeah if they well, I mean, how that might be a little bit more creepy than if they tried at all exactly because we have not made avenues of, of, of payment available, so if they manage to send us money anyways, that is creepy. I suppose you could consider it that, yeah. <laughs> um, so hi everyone, uh, my name is Eunice, I am the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source, um, and yesterday I ate an entire large sweet potato. <laughs> I'm Atheo, author of uh, Rune and Metagame, and, you know, other projects. One of these days, somebody might figure out what those other projects are, but not today. If you know them, email us just to make Atheo uncomfortable. I don't know if it would make <laughs> me uncomfortable, but I'd certainly have to, you know, like, check my division of names a little bit. Just be like, mm, how in the world did you find that? Because I know which names are, like, interacting with each other. And there's a couple of them that, like, pretty much don't. And I would, I would have to figure out where you found that. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, this week... This week. Is your idea? Yeah. It's <laughs> fairly simple. Uh, kind of. Not really. But what I was thinking was we sort of go in an urban fantasy-ish direction. But our inciting incident here is that, for whatever reason, the mind magic that people use to, like, say, you know... All you normies forget about what happened here and move on is no longer working. Or at least no longer working quite as well as it always has in the past. Oh no. Mass panic. Well, not a mass panic exactly. Because, you know, at first it's just a few crazies are having uh, encounters with the magical. Okay, so it's like... Pe like the supernatural in typical urban fantasy setting are trying to keep a low profile but they do have this magic reserve for occasions when that doesn't happen yeah well it's kind of like they're they're mostly trying to keep a low profile but like if something messes up then they just go in with their essentially men in black and uh wipe everybody's memory and it's like eh, it's fine we're gonna pretend that that never happened and none of you remember so it didn't haha and then, for whatever reason, that magic has stopped working quite so well. Oh, great. Uh, is there a, like, equivalent to, like, men in black agency that, that's in charge of doing this? I wasn't planning on it, but sure. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. So... I assume the story follows uh, some kind of agent from this agency who is now having to deal with, uh, you know, people reporting incidents that have to be erased, followed by 
trying to erase it and it not working that well and then having to deal with that. The good old complete inability to erase the thing that they're used to just erasing and ignoring. And, you know, uh, unreasonable managers going like, what are you doing? Get your job done. Bad. Well, I feel like, you know, you could be like, hey, the magic is literally not working. This is your problem now, not mine. (laughs) Okay. Um, and, and, uh, having to go on a, a quest to figure out why it's broken and fixing it while, you know, avoiding, uh, the normies even harder than usual. Well, I, I think the direction that I would end up going, just as a matter of, you know, reasonability, I guess, is just like... Because they don't really have access to mind magic and it's sort of like an urban fantasy, it it would be more about the reveal. Just like, okay, so how do we format this reveal in a way that, like, doesn't cause a war and the minimum number of people get shot? Or blasted with fireballs? (laughs) Okay. So the powers that be have decided that might as well just come out as existences now. It's more like that they don't want to come out as something that exists, but like the combination of mind magic going missing and technology makes it extraordinarily difficult to keep hiding to the point where they're just like, ah, it might be better if we just reveal because we don't know when mind magic's going to start working again. I see. Okay. So... Is this story the the story of this really unfortunate person who is in charge of this reveal and has the world's hardest, like, PR job in the world? See, that's that's sort of where I am. This sounds, this sounds like an interesting story to tell, you know? Okay, I mean... Most stressed PR person in the entire <laughs> world. I mean, that's that's fair. Not that I I know the the intricacies of how how one manages the public image of supernatural creatures. Well, it's more but, like uh, vampires. Look, they're fine. Don't worry about them. Yes, they can kill you. They usually won't. <laughs> I I feel like vampires are like the least of their problems because like. They actually have a fairly romanticized image these days. Well, yeah, there is that. It would be like, I don't know, the, the ones that in the legends eat children and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, they don't need to eat children. It's just meat. And it doesn't need to be human, necessarily. Look, we have solutions. It's just, in the modern era, it's like the equivalent of, of having gone vegetarian. It's like... I don't eat children. <laughs> it's uh, it's not moral. <laughs> it gives me indigestion. No, no, no. It is delicious, but. <laughs> yeah, no. the The claim is that it gives them indigestion when really they just find it delicious, but like they're not going to. You know, they they have individual reasons for not eating children. I feel like some of them would be like very like hippie and like you know like vegans. Uh, and some of them would be like, it's for the health benefits of 
And some of them are like, okay. It's Look, just... it's just so that you guys don't shoot me. Like. Yeah. And it's expensive to to procure fresh children these days. Um... Yeah, you know, there are, you know. There are a multitude of reasons not to eat uh, small children. Or large children. Uh, you know, fewer. <laughs> fewer reasons <laughs> not to eat large children. Okay. <laughs> It really um, depends on how large we're talking and what we consider children, you know? Because, you know, if, okay. if we had a group of, uh, I don't know, monsters, if you want to call them that, that ate teenagers, you know, it might be tempting sometimes. So, like, you know, this PR person is probably uh, some kind of very, very humanoid creature, like an elf, where it's just like, oh yeah, I just, like, make a glamour so my ears aren't pointy. But even if it fails, people just assume I've caused plague, so it's fine. Um. Or something even more, like, normal, like, uh, like uh. yeah, I'm one quarter elf. I'm mostly human. Yeah, I guess my ears look kind of pointy, but, now, uh... I would have a little bit of fun by saying, like, yeah, they're one quarter elf, and then describe, like, a full-on, like, Tolkien-esque fantasy elf as, like, what they look like. So it's like, wait, what do full elves look like? Um, and then they're just like, well, they don't really show up on camera properly. <laughs> they're just kind of godlike beings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't consider them godlike, but certainly, you know, spirit-like. Oh, and it's not that they don't show up on camera, it's that I haven't seen one in... And then they just, like, check their book 320 years? <laughs> And I'm just like, how old are you? And then, and then the elf is Next like, question. that is rude in any culture. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? No, you just ignore the question and just be like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Um, okay, well, a quarter elf, who, but who has like really strong magical powers, even by other supernatural creature standards. Just not by elf standards. Yeah. Um, okay. That and works. uh you gotta pick, you know, multiple things that are real. I would go with essentially the assume it's real until proven otherwise approach, kind of. Okay. But I'd also have a little bit of fun by being like, yeah, therianthropy, um, werewolves, definitely real. Wolves, I mean, they're still around because everybody's really fascinated by them, but, like, they're not special. Yeah. It's like, we got, we got ourselves our, uh, you know, random were, uh, I don't know, were horse. Yeah, I don't know why wolves get their own name. They're all the same. Well, they're not the same, but they're all equal, if that makes sense. Okay. No, but there should be, like, one, one, like, typical fantasy race. Where when the reporters ask, like, they're like, okay, no, that one's obviously fake. What are you talking about? I think I would have fun if you made that, like, dwarves. It's like, no, you guys just have mean names for each other. Like, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, just a, that's just a genetic condition of you humans. I don't, I don't really, like, why would you assume they just hide underground and become magical? Uh, you guys are just mean to each other. Like, forget us. <laughs> 
Okay. And then, you know, there's uh, probably a bunch of whatever you call this phobic um, people who want to start a war. Yeah, I, like... Which isn't a great idea, because, you know... I I wouldn't think you could go, like, one-to-one with them, obviously, but on the large scale, it's kind of a toss-up who would actually win. Because, no, 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 it's like, obviously, you you can destroy each other, but, like, both sides are... Uh, at a level of power where you'd you'd also be destroying significant parts of the planet. It's kind of mutually assured monstrosity more than mutually assured destruction. (laughs) Yeah, and it's also like uh, there's a lot more of them than people think, and they're not like it's not like, oh, all of the creatures are in one territory, right? They like just live in society. They just live among you. Yeah, so, like, what would you even bomb? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I figure if the fighting started, you, you'd be more likely to get clustered communities. But I'm not sure that that's enough. Like, and, but the thing is that I'm not sure if you've, um, you know, looked at history at all, but people are absolutely willing to bomb innocent targets that are supposedly on their same side. Yeah, but that's, like... Oh, you like theoretically that that's where the enemy is, but it's just like, are you gonna bomb like New York City to get rid of the thousands of supernatural creatures in it? Not immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's like I I feel like you know like all they're all like scattered throughout the world like fairly evenly at a like a one percent. I figure there would be clusters, because it's like, you gotta interact with the magical community somehow, so you've got, like, this whole cluster around a city. I mean, yeah, but it would kind of be like the way that, you know, bigger cities have, like, nicer Chinatowns. It wouldn't be like... (laughs) See, but I've been in pretty small cities that have pretty nice Chinatowns. Again, that's living on the U.S. West Coast, but... (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's just like, but there there are like Chinatowns like in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'll be like that. So like, yeah, like people do like to go to their supernatural night market. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a ton of fun. Maybe <laughs> maybe one fun. of the PR moves that they make is like a tour of the supernatural night market, and then like before they go, they're just like, look, I know that you're really good at making imitation human children, do not put them on display this particular time. <laughs> yeah, like, they go in and, like, shut down a quarter of the stalls beforehand. <laughs> and, look, this is our time market. And it's like, okay. It looks a little bit sparse, but uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna question this. I mean, there's a limited number of magical creatures around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a point before I got distracted from the night market. Oh yeah, and second point is, most of the magical creatures are, like, not gonna be harmed by, like, a knife. Maybe not killed, but they would probably be harmed. Like, they would be mildly inconvenienced. Like, yeah. And and most of them would also survive, like, being shot. Well, I, again, that's a, like a limited term advantage because as soon as people figured out, hey, this person can survive being shot, but not if it's a silver bullet, that sort of ruins their invulnerability. 
I'm not a fan of the whole silver is poisonous because you can't explain to me in a biochemical fashion why silver is poisonous. I absolutely could, but I would not go into that on this podcast. I would not accept your explanation. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, what if I gave you an actual, like, you know, full-on chemistry chart that explained why silver was poisonous? Okay, then why is it not poisonous to humans? I mean, it is, just not as. Like, explain the differential sensitivity of silver. Absolutely. Here we'll, and then just like a, this huge notebook. No, I don't accept the explanation. <laughs> okay. Okay, and none of the really obvious, you know, like, at the as soon as people come out, like, somebody tries to, like, someone, like, ties up a vampire and leaves them in the sunlight. Also, it's vampires. more of a supernatural weakness than, like, a realistic one. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's magic. It's how magic works. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always lean towards, like, having explanations for phenomena i'm okay with my explanations for phenomena being like it's magic and magic has like conceptual bonds that are not actually physical yeah i don't know i like i'm okay if like okay there is a magical implement that can kill you but like saying oh it's silver it's like okay silver is just a metal uh Maybe it has to be specially treated silver, you know, with very, uh, what's that word? You know, magical implications about that. Well, that's fine, because where are the crazy humans going to get enchanted silver from? I mean, <laughs> probably they'd start enchanting it themselves as soon as they realized what was up. But, oh, and I mean, you could have, like, fun with vampires being like, yeah, the rays of the sun uh, actually empower vampires. Uh, funny thing, though, there's a limitation on how much power they can actually store. So when a vampire's under the moon, they're powered up. But when they're under the sun, they're technically powered up, but then they burst into flames cause, and explode. <laughs> I mean, does that make any sense? I, I, not, really. not really, but it's fun. Okay, but from an evolutionary perspective, very, very poor choice. <laughs> Mantis should have 17 cones and they can see 17 colors because they don't have any processing for, like, mixing them. Like, evolution does not make good choices every time. Okay, yeah, but that'd be the equivalent of, like, plants not developing pigments to prevent from getting sunburned, which they definitely do. Yeah, they do, and that's where you get your, like, dampier, but they're like, yeah, so the dampier don't really get bonuses from the moon, really. They they sort of do, but not really. But, like, they can operate under the sun as full vampires. Okay. <laughs> um, so I assume there are, like, a bunch of incidents where um, humans... Uh, Try, try and kill off some magical creatures that, like, fail because of the failure to understand the, the way that they work in, in this world. I think that uh, a few of the first ones would fail, like, really badly. And it's like, uh, you guys shouldn't try this because it just seems to turn out poorly. And then to throw a wrench in, like, the whole, you know, managing PR-ness of it, somebody actually, like, manages it with some, with some supernatural creature that nobody ever expected to get killed at all. And it's like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> cause the other attempts, you know, like, 
the individual in question can be kind of convinced to not not get bloody revenge, but uh, once some someone important dies, um, it's like, oh no, let's not let's not go to war. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that it was like necessarily somebody important, just so much as some creature that nobody ever expected like could or would die. Okay. It's just like, oh. You were able to kill one of those? Oh, that's concerning. Yeah, well, even if if nobody cared about that individual in particular, it would, yeah, it would just, like, make the old conservatives, like, very strongly not want to continue with this path. Yeah, I feel like there would be some of the, you know, wanting to kill people for bad reasons going both ways, though. Yeah. Although maybe the supernatural community might be a little bit more used to dealing with that. Yeah. It's like, look, we got a whole force for this. Like, you know, it's it's like um, like a, a couple centuries back, like the powers that be decided that the supernatural community would be better off like hiding amongst the humans and decreed it be so. And uh, you, you either obeyed or you died or you ended up uh, in a fate worse than death because, you know, magical creatures get inventive with their immortal revenges. <laughs> Some of them even get power from really good immortal revenges. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if these powers that be in question changes their mind, then it'd be okay to start killing humans again. And maybe there are factions who are trying to trying to do that. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, got to deal with that internal politics while you're dealing with that external, you know. <laughs> what if what if some of these killings aren't even by the humans? Ooh, false flag <laughs> attacks. Nice. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the main character is just having this ongoing PR nightmare. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know... Yes, people have died, but it turns out that was a false flag attack by these same idiots who were trying to get you to kill them. Why are you listening? And then, and then, you know, the the elven grandparent is like, "Would you would you like me to help, dear?" And then they're like, "No, no, 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 no! You stay in your dimension." As much as I, I got this. As much as I love that you're trying to be involved in my life, maybe not. Okay, it's okay, Grandma. It's okay. I got this. I got this. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Just like extraordinarily yeah. concerned, and I think it would be funny <laughs> if you just like never explained why that concern was like worse than like there's random killings going on. You know, fairly concerned. <laughs> My grandmother is trying to get involved. Extremely concerned. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, everyone who who knows who the person's grandmother is is like, yep, yep, we we gotta prevent this at all costs. And then there's a couple of people who aren't like young enough to remember the last time the grandmother in question <laughs> stepped foot on Earth. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it it's been was... a few hundred years. Um. Let's leave it at, let's make that as long as we possibly can. It's like, do you see that mountain? And it's like, what mountain? Exactly. <laughs> that would not... be my point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have you heard of this mountain? 
in Legends. It doesn't really exist. It used to. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe one of the lesser known extinction events. Yeah, it wasn't caused by um, an asteroid. Or, you know, it depends on what you define as an asteroid. <laughs> like, you've heard of Atlantis, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, two elves were annoyed. <laughs> they were having a, a spirited debate. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it full-on violence, but um, <laughs> wait, words wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, and strong feelings were exchanged. You wouldn't <laughs> call that full-on violence? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's um, like, right, so that's concerning, and I agree with you now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then I assume, you know, people are trying to kill our, our quarter-elf because... You know, face of the magic. Oh, exactly. Uh, Quarter elf probably gets a bodyguard. Doesn't really need one necessarily, but wants to come off like fairly harmless. Yeah. So (laughs) they have a whole security team exclusively for the purposes of looking less like they're ready to kill everybody. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's just like I just want. I don't want anybody to know that if you chop off my head, I won't die. I mean, you know, elf, uh, as far as that goes, you could definitely be just like, yeah, no, they're just like a full-on, full-body shapeshifter. That's just how that yeah. is. Like, I'd... Yeah. They have a limited yeah. Yeah. scope of default forms. And also, like, if uh, if it gets to the point where where the elf is, or the quarter elf is forced to, like, activate their powers to defend themselves, Grandma is going to get concerned enough to come over. (laughs) I don't know about concerned enough to come over, but concerned enough to start asking questions that might be too difficult to answer. Um, And honestly, uh, even, like, the way that the the grandmother, like, telepathically talks to the granddaughter, like, has real-world consequences. I don't know about, like, (laughs) I don't know, the difficulty... I think I would have fun by writing just, like, this sort of, as, like, a... I think this is actually one of those cases where you could have fun writing somebody who doesn't, like, have, like, a like a gender in the way that we think of it. Just somebody who, like, chooses their sex depending on, like, what they think would be valuable. Which would be fun. Okay. But, I mean, maybe not something that everybody wants to go into. Because it's very... <laughs> write your xenofic, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's... Whatever. It, exactly. it depends on how human you want to write them. It's true. Because uh, it's three quarters human, so they got that whole you know they they're defaulting to a humanoid form all the time. It it's uh, what is I gonna say? I find I find it amusing when like really really powerful creatures have like very blasé and uh, casual personalities. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, you don't have to go in that direction. Well, I, I wasn't saying that it wasn't going in that direction. I was just saying, you know, because you, you just uh, said granddaughter. So, you know, you, you actually put a gender on this person. Yeah. Did I say granddaughter? You did. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Yeah. I, I'm imagining a, a grandmother-granddaughter relationship, except between, like, an elder deity and a, you know, Lord of the Rings-style elf. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is funny. Um, yeah. You know, well, I grandmother mean, does Lord of the Rings, that actually would make a lot of sense. Like, uh, the grandmother does, like, knitting, except, you know, the, the resulting fabric is, like, renders you <laughs> invincible and immortal or something. <laughs> she's knitting, but she's literally, like, knitting fate. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like, oops, <laughs> let's just undo those stitches there. Ah, <laughs> uh, my, my, my uh, grandchildren wouldn't be happy with that one. <laughs> she unpicks yes. them slightly. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then there's, like, some, like, newbie who's, like, following the elf around, the quarter elf, um, and, and then it's like, did, did, did your grandmother just reverse time? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Please don't. <laughs> she does that sometimes. She's, I mean, most of the time, you know, she's pretty good at knitting at this point, but um, everyone makes mistakes. And sometimes she just changes her decision on something. It, don't, don't think about it too hard. Your brain will not appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, all right. So we have our we have our whole setup here, and I actually like really enjoy this setup. Um, and we have sort of our main conflict. Do we want to create any other major characters for this? Um, you know, like whoever is responsible for the magic failing is probably around. Now, I'm sort of. I think I might be most interested if the reason for the magic failing was sort of a combination force between people who really wanted magical pe- magical you know creatures to come out and take over the world and people who really wanted magical creatures to come out and integrate into the world. But you know, both of them thought that, hey, this mind magic thing is standing in the way of our goal, so why don't we team up and get rid of it? So, you know, they destroy it, and then they immediately fracture. They're, like, fighting each other. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so then the the main character is just, like, discovering all this crap and, like, sorting through it, and it's just like, okay, so there is no good side there's no right side. It's just a bunch of idiots running around. <laughs> it's just a bunch of idiots running around, and I'm left to clean up the mess. I hate all of you. <laughs> and I, okay, I feel like you know the main character has a half elf parent who is allowed stepping foot on Earth. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know they. It's not that they're, you know, not allowed to step foot on Earth. It's just that if they get too angry while they're here, it might be a problem. You know, some of the elves are super chill, and they're okay. It's just that... It's just that grandparent just, here is not one of them. You know, the, the, the vast majority of them live in Fairyland, because Fairyland self-regenerates after you destroy <laughs> Maybe uh, there they can actively create a little bit better than they can on Earth. So it's not that yeah. it self-regenerates, it's that they rebuild it very quickly. 
Fairyland's very malleable and, yeah, is uh, designed to withstand the type of magic forces that its natives generate. Yeah. <laughs> or at least recover, yeah. maybe not withstand. Um, and, you know, like, the reporters are like, ooh, Fairyland, I want to see Fairyland. No. And then, um, <laughs> the PR person's like, um, let me get back to you on that, and then, like, builds, like, a pale echo of fairyland to let them tour. That's not the real fairyland because, you know, real elves live there. <laughs> Hire a bunch of half elves to pose as elves. <laughs> Just, oh, man. Um, I feel like the main character probably has a lot of cousins. Uh, and they're, they're all, like, really, really pretty-looking Immortal elves. So, well, I mean, like, if they've got you know shape shifting powers, absolutely, one hundred percent. I feel yeah, but they all you know, unless you're a full full elf, you do have like a preferred shape based on what your other blood yeah uh, is. Um, but in the, no matter what the other, you're very pretty. Um. Well, I mean, if you can change your default form and like you have like a preferred general shape, but like you can change like bits about it, why wouldn't you be yeah. attractive? Uh, but you know. Uh, I've read this other series where it's like kind of a joke that like all the elves are like so pretty that they look exactly the same because <laughs> you know they've reached like that default. I think that would be kind of the opposite of what would happen with what we've dis- what we've decided here is like they'd all be very pretty but they'd also be very striking because you know it's artistic expression of your personal form. Yeah, if if the, if that's what they're trying to do. But if they're just trying to blend in, then they'd go for, like, generic, but pretty. And then they'd end up all looking the same. <laughs> I guess. And But it would be funny because the reporters would be like, are you twins? And it's like, no, 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 cousins. Um, and then, like, but it keeps happening over and over again. It's like, what? how many? <laughs> Why do you look so similar? Are you clones? Uh, no, no, we're just cousins. We were blending in. <laughs> You know what? And then they just, like, change some major part of themselves. It's like, yeah, just, like, they snap their fingers and then suddenly change. Is this better? And then the reporters are really freaked out. (laughs) Maybe they add, maybe they add, I I don't know, it would be really funny if they just added, like, this massive pink streak to their hair. And it's, like, bright pink. It's like, so did you just magically dye your hair? Oh, no, I fundamentally changed my, my allergy. That's now pink. Yeah, like the the follicle will generate the pink pigment. Yeah, uh, it's like, but just in this just in this patch of scalp. Yeah, because <laughs> why not? Just um, in this patch, so that you can tell me apart. And elves are actually like really good geneticists because uh, they they mix and match from basically anything. <laughs> So it's like, that pink color is from, like, this uh, sea creature. Very specific sea creature. But the hair length and texture is from a siren or something. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, what? (laughs) It's like, okay, okay, cousin, let's let's not, let's not go into too much detail. (laughs) Let's just not. (laughs) But, um... As, I think as a joke, it's like all the elves are cousins to the other elves, and it's just like, it's not even untrue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
limited number of true elves, you know, and they live a really long time. <laughs> yeah, and and so like literally like all of the all of the quarter elves are cousins. <laughs> I don't know about that cuz wouldn't it mean that they all share a grandparent? Or or they share oh, maybe like maybe up to second or third cousins, but they're all cousins. <laughs> They're at most fourth cousins, and, like, <laughs> that's as far out as it goes. There just aren't that many elves, you know? <laughs> yeah. They always, like, greet each other as cousin, um, because it's too hard to keep track. Yeah. So is this your cultural greeting? I mean, sort of. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, they're warning, like, the reporter. It, it's not, like, universal. Like, don't, like, you don't call them cousin. They will get very offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not their cousin. <laughs> and they're like, oh, are you being racist? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I have human cousins, and they also call me cousin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm having way too much fun getting to the specifics and not the actual plot of the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's world building, you know, and that's what you, yeah. that's what you should be doing with all of your world building is you know find some bit of it that interests you and you know just dig way too deep on it and have way too much fun with it. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, I I always enjoy when um, when there are some really powerful beings that can speak capital T true words. Um, and <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's probably not the elves, that's probably something else, but... Well, you know, if if elves are kind of these, like, elder beings, I'm okay with them, like, speaking the true words. I think it would be funnier to have, like, dragons, and it's like, so, can dragons speak? Yes. Please don't make them. Why? Only true words. Why not? They speak truth, and you can just hear the capital T in that. They don't just speak truths, they only speak true words, and, um, you know, are, it's, it's not great for They don't a, not lie, they speak truth. Um, yeah, it's like, they can't lie. Not because they can't, there are things they can't say, but because whatever they say becomes true. <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's not great for um, already established worlds um, for dragons to to talk on them. You know, they're very much great for the the void because they can't they can just have conversations there and things get made and then they they move on. You can have, like, an emotional, you know, empathy exchange with them using this magical device, and you can feel some stuff at them, and they'll feel some stuff at you. But do not have them speak. <laughs> okay, now I'm just imagining that dragons are, like, the, you know, primordial beings, and except they're kind of just, like, wandering through the multiverse and having like conversations and then <laughs> speaking like, planets worlds. into existence yeah yeah like they have like a debate and then it just becomes like a different world based on like which point each side is trying to take or whatever <laughs> and then uh you know like what so what were they talking about when they made this world and it's like 
We haven't had the courage to ask. <laughs> no, no, I, I want to say how cool water is. They were talking about how cool water was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, be glad. I mean, the the ones based on their more bizarre conversations are really not places that you'd, you'd necessarily want to live or be able to live. Not that there's no life there. They... Sort of we're interested in that in a few places. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like wait, is water that awesome? It's like, okay, okay, please, please don't, don't summon the dragons. They, they really like water. <laughs> don't um, <laughs> ask the dragons. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll send you a list of, of the reasons water is cool <laughs> later. Let's not talk about it out loud anymore. It really can summon them. Uh, <laughs> Actually... That would be that would be fucking hilarious if the way to summon dragons was by having like special interest conversations about random things. Yeah, they just they really love their intellectual conversations. Oh. Just like, what do you mean people accidentally summon dragons? Well, it's autistic people sometimes. If they have a special interest that happens to line up with a dragon. Occasionally, extremely detailed D&D campaigns can also do it. <laughs> Just, okay, that's fantastic. Um, you know, like, when, when they get really, really uh, unfortunately spot on with their homebrews, it, it can... <laughs> we get incidents. It's a bit of limited number of incidents. Limited. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's 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 kind of like the the individuals in question get uh, summoned to discuss their uh, world building with with the, the primordial ones, <laughs> and um, then the primordial tends to take world building a little bit more literally. Yeah, and then we get another universe, and and almost all of them return completely fine. <laughs> With an interesting experience that uh, we can no longer have them forget. Oh, shit. Uh, but, you know, most of them uh, take it in fairly good stride. Like, given that they weren't expecting to be kidnapped by primordial dragons. But, you know, based on their experience of, of, of um, the media... They're actually surprisingly well prepared for it compared to the average person. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've imagined what would happen if they got summoned to another world. Uh, Well, they didn't really get summoned to another world. It's more that they got summoned and then another world was summoned to them. (laughs) Yeah, but, um, you know, obviously real life never turns out the way it happens in books. Usually, and then they just like they just have like a copy of like several of these universes, and they're just like, "I'll send you one of these." Uh, yeah, this one is mostly safe. I'll send it to the redactors. And then, and then you know, some 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 of those fictional um, uh, series that have extremely detailed world building, yeah. They're probably not fictional. My magic is great, but it's limited in some ways. You know, 
sometimes we just, instead of erasing everyone's memory, we turn it into a book or a movie <laughs> that everyone remembers watching. <laughs> and just, we don't worry about it. It's very, it's very simple. All right. Uh, I think we've got, you know, some cool things and some, you know, starters for where you can go with some of your eldritch primordial beings here. Um, and then, in, well, I mean, in the end, it's like people settle into a, into a... Yeah, I think that's really the only end we can get to here. It's like, yeah, so the disaster is over. The groups that destroyed the mind magic thing have been caught and prevented from acting further on that, to that end. Um, saying they would be killed would be, well, it would be being too kind. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I guess mind magic goes back to, like, working again. But at this point, it's spread too much. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not using it to erase the existence of everyone. They're just using it for, you know, incidents. <laughs> <laughs> the incidents that still happen. Yeah. And uh, no full elf set foot on earth so you know huge win for everyone or at least no full elf set foot on earth and revealed themselves i mean i feel like even just stepping foot on earth is kind of a disaster but kind of a disaster but like you know you can play up the reputation as tricksters and like sometimes they just like sneak into houses and like clean up everything in the house and then leave and that's it wow these elder gods are extremely bored. <laughs> They're extremely bored, and I, I think it would be very interesting, or at least entertaining, if, like, you had a hoarder house, and then, like, the next day it was extremely clean. Like, maybe the family's planning an intervention or something, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, we got this whole hoarder house, we're planning to, you know, intervene and, like, deal with this, and then they get there, and it's just, like, sparkling. It's spotless. Um... Uh... Maybe humans discover that if you if you pray to the elves, if they're bored enough, they will answer your prayer. It's out of out of sheer boredom. Like <laughs> they're 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 not benevolent gods, but they are bored. <laughs> <laughs> but they are bored. So if you can interest them, then you might be able to get what you want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, Maybe some some old some old uh, faiths are are revived, you know, minus the blood sacrifices and and stuff. Yeah, some of them minus blood sacrifices. Some of them plus blood sacrifices. It's it's an ongoing process. They're working on it. They're working on it. Okay, sounds good. You know, I'd probably throw a romance in there because I would. I might too, but I would also throw in a bunch of weird, like, magic, non-human Xenofix stuff. So, you know, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. I, mean, I don't know who I would assign as the main character's love interest. Like, not a cousin. Not uh, a cousin, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, given the shapeshifter nature, it could be anyone. It really could. Um, I mean, they, they themselves are products of their parents being bored. Um, and going on an adventure. <laughs> I mean, that works. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that's a, a reasonable plot. It's not completely done, but um, you can have fun with it. 
You know, it could probably be a short urban fantasy series. Or even just a single book. I think you could get, you know, an interesting... It would be a long book, but I think you could get it in one. I don't know. I, I feel like you'd have to cut a lot of the world building to balance the world building plot ratio if it's just one book, even if it's long. Maybe, maybe. Although you do have the although you do have the advantage of you know having a character who's explaining this to a bunch of people, and just like walking them through the process, so you could you know spew out a bunch of world building in one chapter. Yeah. And you know make it interesting by being like them explaining it to people who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. But uh, I'd probably make it three or four books. You know, first one, initial disaster coming out something you know initial the main character being put in charge of it they're like watching the news or something and then they get a call and it's like from the council what the hell does the council want from me they should be super busy right now dealing with this whole disaster and it's like yeah they are you're you're in charge of dealing with it are you kidding me (laughs) you know second book is more like dealing with the factions on both sides that want to Start killing each other. Yeah. Third book, you know, they've sorted out that mind magic stuff. And uh, things, everything's might be settling down. It's been a few and, years. Uh, they've, re, they've remade the origin relic of mind magic. It's a little different now, but it is fine. Yeah. And then, and then happy ending. Yeah, you spend an entire book on your happy ending. Mm-hmm. It seems too long. <laughs> Does it, though? I, you know, some series, I absolutely would not mind if there was just, like, a 90,000-word, cool-down, happy-ending book, okay? Yeah, I guess, but it wouldn't really be a novel because of the lack of conflict. You could have (laughs) tiny conflict, like, miniature conflict. It's fine. Okay. Anyways, if you you like, like this story... Email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you want to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yeah. Uh, We'd appreciate if you could leave us like a reading on any of those podcast platforms that allow such a thing. And uh, I'll see you next week. See you next week. (laughs) 